Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this morning and turn to that 42nd Psalm, Psalm 42. We come here this morning, certainly as we recognize our mothers, we celebrate them, celebrate how God has used them in our lives. Hopefully, uh, we've already taken care of the gifts and we've uh, already made the plans for the day. It's kind of getting late in the day if you haven't, but I hope you've done those things. Well, let me add one more gift to our mothers, especially those who attend here every Sunday. This morning, I'm going to finish up the sermon series on the book of Psalms. Some of you kind of happy about that. You thought we had fallen off into the Psalms and we would never recover, right? We've been looking at this book or aspects of this book since January. And to be honest, we could continue on. I mean, they are so fruitful for our study. They are so rich as they speak of the intimacy that we can have with God. And it's hard to remember maybe back to January, but some of you who are here, you remember that one of the goals for us this year was to multiply in our relationship with God. That's what we were praying for as a staff. That's what we were hoping to see is that God would take us individually and that he would multiply our relationship with him. When I began that study, when I began that, that aim for us as a church, I naturally turned to the Psalms because they speak to this intimate, close relationship that an individual can have with God. I, I know there are other passages that speak to that as well, but perhaps no other as sensitive and as tender as the book of Psalms because it is just collect, a collection of testimony after testimony of God's presence, of God's work, of God's relationship. So I want to bring it together for you this morning. I want to conclude this time of study, and hopefully it will be a challenge for us. And I want to just speak simply to you this morning. Literally, I want to speak simply to you this morning. Because what I have come to understand as I've looked at the book of Psalms, and as I've heard the refrain after refrain, is that if we are to multiply our relationship with God, we must simplify our desire. Now, I want you to hear that this morning. To multiply, you must simplify. I mean, that's really the goal of who we are. That's the goal of the psalmist. If we are to multiply, we must simplify. Now, listen, I live with a fourth grade math and science teacher. And for those of you who are visitors here, I'm married to her, okay? <laughs> Oftentimes, I hear her talking about mathematics and simplification of fractions and all those kinds of things. It is enlightening for me. And I am proud to get to do that, especially after 17 years of marriage, which we celebrate today. I'm proud that we get here. Oh, look, look at that. Do you like the way I worked that into the message? I mean, that was pretty cool, right? Just right there? Yeah. But I hear her talk about mathematics. I hear her talk about simplification. I hear about different things. And, you know, as I was looking through this, again, to multiply our faith, to multiply our relationship, the psalmist over and over again says, you just got to simplify. That's biblical mathematics. That's the spiritual formula that will work for your life. Now, listen to what the psalmist says here in 42. He begins... During a moment of difficulty and trouble, he begins this way. He says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, 
So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Again, this psalmist who comes in a moment of anguish, in a moment of trouble, in a moment of difficulty, he comes and he prays to God. Some call this a psalm of lament as, he, as the psalmist comes before God and he pours his heart out. But if you look and notice what the psalmist says, he speaks about a simple desire that he has. He speaks about a simple goal that he has for his life in those first few verses. In the first verse in particular, he says, As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. That's what he says. He gives us this analogy of the deer and the soul. He says, just like a deer, we hopefully could just be transported back for a few moments to that Middle Eastern culture and the Middle Eastern landscape. And maybe for a moment we could imagine a deer coming across this very arid region, this desert-like area. The deer comes across, and what is he looking for? He's thirsty. He is seeking something to drink. That is, that is his aim. That is his goal. That is a very simple desire. He wants to drink something. Because of all of the desert area, because of his lack of sufficiency, because of his lack of resources, he just wants to have something to drink. Now, many of us, we, we may take a little glass of lemonade, maybe a glass of sweet tea. Can I hear an amen somewhere? I hope you amen it up in the gathering. And it can be refreshing. A drink can be refreshing like that, especially when you've been out in the yard, beautiful weather that we've had in the last few days. You're out in the yard, you're able to do some things. You come in and you find refreshment in this drink. This goes beyond just the simple refreshment. I mean, this is the livelihood for the deer, okay? The deer has to find something to drink in order to be sustained, in order to live. As he is thirsting, as he is seeking, as he finds this water and finds satisfaction for his soul. Well, the psalmist says that is an apt description of who we are and the desire that our soul should have for God. That our aim, that our desire daily should be for God. That's what drives us. Not the distractions, not the dependencies, but rather our aim, our desire for God himself. That's what drives us daily. Now, let me ask a question this morning. What drives you daily? What motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? What is your goal for the day? Some of you look and you say, well, it depends on which day it is. All days are so different. 
they bring with them complexities and they bring with them issues and different relationships. And it just depends on which day you're talking about, Reggie. Well, let, let's exclude Sundays. Let, let's say Sunday would be a day when maybe our mind is focused a little more upon God and the relationship we have with Him. Let's just say, okay, not let's let's just give it that. Let's let let's take a let's say let's say Thursday. Let's say Thursday. You've been through the week. All kinds of things have been going on. What are you going to think on your typical Thursday? If I make it two more days, I am off for the weekend. If I can just get through this day. Fridays are coming, and Saturday is not far behind. Maybe that's the goal. You know, there are some people that just live from day to day. Just if I can just get through this day, then I'll worry about tomorrow. If I can just get through. It's kind of a sad existence, but that is the way some individuals approach life. Let's say you get up on Thursday and you think to yourself, today my desire is to be the best businessman, welder, teacher, nurse. This, that's what I want to be today. Just the best at my job. Well, that's a good goal. It's a good aim for your life, for all of our lives, to be the best. Well, some of you, perhaps you're thinking, no, today. Today I get up and I want to be the best husband ever. Ladies, you hadn't heard that aim recently or seen that expressed? The best father. I mean, I mean, there's so many lofty goals. There's so many things. I mean, really, when you look at this world, there are so many goals and aims that we could have. And not all of them are bad. Many of them are good. Good goals and good aims. But what I hear in the testimony of the psalmist and what I've seen across this book is that all of those aims should be rooted in the desire for God. In other words, all of my goals, everything that I have, should always come back to this simple desire to know Him, to serve Him fully, to glorify Him in everything possible. We have to simplify our lives. We have to simplify our desires. You know, when the deer is out there, he's not thinking about all the other things. I mean, all his goal is to find the water in the midst of the desert. He, he, he's, not, he, he's not consumed about all these other little distractions on the side. He's not concerned about what all of the other little deer necessarily are doing unless they found the water. They're not, he's not, he just, he is consumed by the desire to drink the water. For us, we should be consumed daily, consumed daily with this desire to serve him, to be satisfied by his work in our lives, just to know him and his presence daily. You know, as I was coming 
in this study and coming to preach, uh, I thought to myself, now today's one of those days when some will really dismiss me and say, all of that stuff he's talking about, it's good, but it is not practical. You can't simplify anything today. I mean, most of you, you're like me. You look around, you see complexities everywhere. You, you see all kinds of things going on, right? I mean, think about this last week of your life. Think about all the different challenges that you had. Well, except for you and Branson. Maybe you didn't have as many challenges. Although we will see Dale and Dwight in the altar, I think, after this service. Think of all the challenges and distractions. All the things we face daily. All the things that come at us. I mean, we have dismissed simplicity. And we have embraced complexity in our lives. Complexity in our relationships. Hey, complexity in technology itself. We've embraced complexity. I often look at the, the church calendar. I don't know if you ever do it. You ought to go do it sometimes. It will lead you to pray for some of us ministers and some of the people here. Because, I mean, we've got stuff going on all the time. Now, I am thankful that we are an active church. I am thankful that we have all kinds of opportunities. But I also pray that each one of those opportunities, each one truly leads us to a simple desire to follow him. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the complexities. It's so easy to get caught up in the calendar. It's so easy to get caught up in all those things. But is your simple desire... Is your simple desire to know him, to thirst for him daily, to see him glorified in your life? Well, sometimes we have to rem remove distractions. There are so many competing distractions for our lives, as we said. Sometimes we have to rem remove those distractions, or we have to turn away from those. Here in this passage... As this psalmist is going through some very difficult times, times of trouble, he actually, he's hearing all of these detractors, these individuals who would come to him and say, hey, where is your God? You're going through all those difficulties. Where is your God? Now, when you have detractors like that speaking into your ear, sometimes it's hard to focus. Sometimes it is hard to remember your true aim and desire because you get caught up with them. You get, you become sorrowful, just as this psalmist did. He says that my tears have been food day and night because they're, they're continually saying, hey, where's your God? We have to remove those distractions. We have, to, we have to see that those distractions should not affect our goal and our desire. Rather, if anything, let me say this, if anything... They should drive us. They should motivate us more to seek Him. Otherwise, if we allow those detractors, if we allow the distractions themselves to pull us off course, we miss the point that God has for us in our relationship. I love Matthew 5, 8. I love the Beatitudes, don't you? Growing up, 
memorizing those in my Sunday school class and thinking about blessedness and happiness. And I love Matthew 5, 8 in particular because there Jesus looking at his disciples. He says this, Blessed are the pure in heart. Pure in heart. What does it mean? What does that mean? To be pure in heart. Well, purity means basically 100%. Like if you're going to get something pure, you want it to be undefiled, 100%, authentic, undivided perhaps. Jesus said, blessed are those individuals who are pure in heart. In other words, their heart, who they are, seeks one thing. Not divided, but seeks one thing. It kind of goes along with this psalm. As the psalmist says, hey, as the deer pants for the water, so does my soul long pant for you. So in other words, the heart is continually seeking him, purity. So I'll confess to you this morning. Usually listen up better when I say I'm going to confess, okay? I'll confess. Sometimes I can lose that simple desire as well. Sometimes I can be moved off track. Maybe the events of the day. Maybe the circumstances of the moment. I can move off track. There are days that I feel like my heart is divided. That I'm trying to please God, yes, but also I'm trying to please so many other things in my life. The Romans had a way of punishing some of their prisoners. According to my study and what I've seen, the Romans occasionally would take their prisoners and they would basically tie each limb to a horse and then they would just allow the horse to do its job. Can you imagine that? Just being like, Pulled apart. And yet, can most of us admit in this place that many of us feel like we are being pulled apart daily? Not physically, I know that. But how many of us feel like we're just pulled in so many different directions? That our heart is divided, that our intent, that our aim is divided. We want to please our relationship with God, but there's so many others who are coming at us and speaking to us. And they're pulling us in other ways. Our one desire, our intent, the purity of our heart should reflect the simple desire to know Him, to know Him fully, and to serve Him. I think that's what God wants us to hear as we go through this. To multiply our relationship. If you're going to grow, if you're going to find it deeper, then folks, you've got to simplify your desire. It can't be crowded out by all the other desires of this world. It can't be crowded out even by the good things. You have to simplify the desire. You have to remove dependencies. I'm thinking of the deer in that analogy again. He doesn't have all of the other resources 
He doesn't have all of the other things to somehow pull him off track. He is driven toward the water. He wants the water. He is thirsty. There are not all these other abundant resources so that he'll forget how important the water is. We are a blessed people. Can we admit that? We are so blessed. I look across this congregation. I live in this community. And I'm not saying that there are, we don't see individuals with needs. We certainly do. But in the midst of it all, especially those of us who are gathered right here, we are so blessed. But sometimes, I'm concerned that our dependency upon those blessings... Well, they make us forget how we should thirst for him. I'll make that confession again, even in my own life, that there's so many good things, there's so many things that we enjoy, that sometimes, sometimes, we depend more upon those blessings than we do upon the one who blesses us. Well, I will remind you that God can remove those crutches from our lives. Some of us know that very well. Some of us know that God can take those things and he can remove them. Listen to the psalmist. Read on down. Notice how the psalmist has lost so much and experienced so much difficulty. And yet it was through that refining process that he is able to remember the simple desire. So, I want to say this. I want you to hear this clearly clearly this morning. I am not asking God to take away everything I've got. Did you hear me? So don't go home and pray that he'll take away everything i got, all right? Well, pastor, I thought I was doing you a favor. You said, not saying that, not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that when God works in his own way, in his divine purpose, and he says, you know what, I'm going to remove this from you for right now. He can use that and redeem that moment to refine your faith, to refocus you on what is important. Isn't it amazing how God does work in those areas so that we will remember what's really important in life? When he takes certain things away so that we will really remember this is what is important and not all of these other things that try to distract us, that try to compete for our desires. I would say to you, if you're going through that moment of difficulty and you feel like God has removed a few things for you, let me say this to you. Let this be a moment where he refocuses your relationship with him and he encourages you and he gives you strength. Be like the psalmist who remembers as he refocuses. If you look at this, verse 4, for example, he says, I remember these things when I used to go up to the temple and celebrate and celebrate the pilgrim, the the feast of the pilgrim. Later on in verse 6, in verse 7, He'll speak about those moments all throughout Israel. 
where God had worked in his life and remembers his loving kindness. Look, God will do that so you'll remember who he is. And again, you'll refocus on that simple aim. Now, I'm not saying to you it's, it's always easy. I'm not saying to you that it's easy at all. Hear the psalmist who says, day and night, my tears have become my food. They've become my, subs- my sustenance daily. It was tough. God worked. God used that moment to refine him and refocus him as he remembered his relationship. The simple desire to know him. To hope in him. So, let's approach the relationship with this simple desire. And maybe we approach daily this relationship with God with a simple desire. So let's, let's think of it this way, okay? So, Thursday morning. We'll go back to Thursday. Let's say you get up in the morning and you think of all the different things you've got to do, all the different roles you have to play, and you begin to think through how you could do this and how you could... What if you started... What if you started with just this aim? Lord, today, I want to know you more. I want to know you deeper. I want to glorify you. I mean, that's all the same thing. I want to live for you. I mean, that's all the same aim. I know there are different ways of stating it. But if you just got up that morning and said, this is what I want to do for you today, Lord. Not not that I'm helping you out because, God, (laughs) you've done so much for me. This is just who I want to be in my relationship with you. So you get up and do that. Now you think about it. I'm a real practical guy. I think, I think we ought to look at what we know is going on that day and say, all right, in this situation, how can I be you, Jesus? How can I love you more? How can I demonstrate you? So I know I've got a difficult meeting I'm going into. Lord, today I know this is going to be tough. And I can't do this on my own. I recognize that. But God, I, I want to thirst for you. I want to trust in you. I got a doctor's appointment today. And God, I know it's, it's bringing me anxiety. But God, when I walk into that office, God, I want you to be glorified. God, I'm going to school today. I'm going to take this test. God, help me because I didn't study. But God... I'm going to take this test. And no matter what comes my way, God, may I demonstrate you. You say, well, that's some of the same thing. No, 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 no. If you get up in the morning and your aim is simply to be a better student, businessman, husband, stay-at-home mom, if that's all it is, you've missed the desire and aim that God wants you to have in your life. Because his number one aim for you is for you to love him and to know him and to thirst for him. And then what happens? All these other things, well, they kind of work themselves out 
as the Spirit of God works through you. So let me say this. You want to be a better husband or a better wife or a better father or a better mother? Love Jesus. Be more like him. Some of you look at me and say, oh, that's too simple. <laughs> if you're going to multiply, you've got to simplify. I guarantee you, you be more like Jesus, husbands, your wife, she's going to recognize that. You want to be a better business person? Make the aim of your heart Jesus Christ. You want to be a better worker? You want to be a better student? You want to be the aim, the desire, the simple? Don't worry about all the complexities. Just come back to the simple truth. Today, I want to be like Christ, and I want to follow him, and I want to know him. And I promise you, you will see a difference. Whatever you're doing. We've covered so many things over the last few weeks. We've talked about prayer. Talked about other spiritual disciplines. But when it all comes down to it, it is just a simple desire to know him. And to have that relationship with him. Because you and I could leave this place and we could have been challenged, hopefully, over the last few weeks. And we might read the Bible more. We might pray more. Those are all good things. Not knocking those things at all. But the ultimate goal of every spiritual discipline is to move you in your life to transform you into the image of Christ. So the simple desire is, hey, I want to know you. I want to see you. And get this. Jesus said, blessed are those who are pure in heart. And what was the reward for those individuals? They shall see God. They shall see God. That's what Jesus said. You read throughout this psalm. Don't have time to read all those other verses, but I want you to look at them. Very important verses. Look at those. Because basically what the psalmist says is that once again, I will stand in his presence. Once again, I'll know him because my heart is longing for him. And you know, see him. So if your heart is longing for him, if you are thirsting for him, if you are desiring him, Jesus says, one day your desire will be fulfilled because you'll see him face to face. If you want him just as much as the deer longs for the water, you know that you will be satisfied as well because you will see him. Yes, Maybe in some sense we see him now in the presence and the joy as the psalmist would talk about. Even as he experienced worship, he would see just some of God and his character and who he was. But can you imagine all of our lives, all of our lives seeking him, serving him, trying to know him better and better, and one day to stand before his presence, to see him? No wonder Jesus said, blessed the pure in heart the word blessed means basically happy content joyful joyful are those individuals that can remove the distractions 
that can work through all of those other desires and see that he is the only one worth seeking. And a simple desire to know him and to serve him. Let's multiply our relationship with God. Let's do it by simplifying our desires and seeking him. Let's pray together today. Father, thank you today for speaking through your word. Father, we come to you, and there are so many things that pull for our attention. Yes, Lord, we admit today in this place that there are moments we feel like we are being torn apart just by the simple desires of our heart. We're pulled from one direction to another direction. But God, I pray this morning, on this special morning, of worship and reflection that God we would commit once again to longing for you to seeking your presence your kingdom first this morning may we thirst and long for you just as the deer would long for the water Lord, we praise you, and we pray that you would grow us in our relationship as we simply seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning?